Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. I have to tell you something, people. On Facebook today, I saw a bunch of my friends complaining about something that happened in my birth state, New Jersey. I guess uh, the governor who, as you people know, I'm not a big fan of, raised gas taxes. I think it's 23 cents a gallon. And as I was sitting there, I saw this and people were complaining. And I went to fill my car up today and I saw I paid... $2.79 279 for regular and I had to pump my own gas. Now in New Jersey, I think they're paying 225 and they don't have to pump their own gas. So I think they had a good deal. And the funny thing about growing up in a state that doesn't that you don't pump your own gas and it is a law. When I would go back to see Joanne, I would sit there and I would I would say, "Can I just pump gas?" and she'd say, "No." And the weird thing about that is I didn't know how to pump gas. And one time I was on the road somewhere and I had to get out and pump gas and I didn't know what to do. Anyway, so you still have a good New Jersey. You're not paying California prices. But we have a great show today. And I'm glad uh, my guest's uh, manager sent me the pronunciation of her name because it's a it's a spelling. I wasn't sure, but my guest is Joya Bruno. How are you doing, Joya? I'm good, and I'm a Jersey girl, and Jersey girls don't pump gas. I, you know what? my me, man. You know what's funny? My girlfriend, Joanne, when she moved out here, she was like... For the first like three months, she's like, I'm not going to pump gas. It's gross. And I would actually go with her down the street to the gas station, <laughs> pump her gas, <laughs> and then just walk back up. And people were like, what are you doing? She has to get over it. I'm you're like, hey, guy. I, you know what? It's you're the way it guy. is. So you, now you're, you're, you're originally though, you, uh, you were born in Italy, right? Yes, I was. And, and how long did was, you, how long did you live there? I was, I was born on vacation, Steve. It's nothing really extravagant. It was like. Back then, back all those years ago, I'm not going to say how many, Google it, um, you know, they would, my families would make plans to take trips way in advance, and my mom had three kids, and then, oh, you know, she got knocked up right after she made plans to take a boat across to Italy. So she was seven months pregnant when we went, and uh, so I was born there in Bari, Italy, in Corato, and um, stayed there. I believe about six months, maybe a couple more, and uh, pretty much grew up in New Jersey, where I, I still spend most of my time, uh, but I also have a place in Florida, so I'm, I'm actually down here right now, um, down in Florida for just, just a few more days, and I'm back to Jersey for the cold winter. <laughs> I must be crazy. Uh, you know what? I, that is. I mean, it's usually the other around. People leave Jersey and go to Florida. You're going back. Hopefully, you know, it's... I was bi-coastal for... Uh, two years, a few years ago. And I got lucky because the winners weren't the bad ones. But I'll tell you, the Jersey winners, they, they, they can stink. They, they can what? Stink. They're, they, they're, they... Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, when I first went back to Jersey, it was, there was this big old snowstorm. And I was like, yeah, cool, man. And I ran outside with my shovel and a shovel in the driveway. And I'm like, this is awesome. And then three days later, there was another one. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I went again and blah, 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 blah. And then it rained and then it turned to ice and then it snowed again. And I'm like, what's this crap? I cannot kill. I know. I always tell people snow's beautiful until you step into that, that slush puddle that you think is, you think it's mm-hmm. ice and then your foot goes through and your shoe fills up <laughs> and you go, I'm out of here. And now I'm a California. I've been in California yeah. for 20 years, so I can't take it. Oh, so. no. No snow there. But nice people in California and in Jersey, and uh, my family is up there, my mom, my daughter, my brothers, and my sister, and all of my nieces and nephews, so hey. 
it makes up for the cold. Yeah, and Jersey. Know? I fell in love with a Jersey and the girl. Snow and the ice and the hail and all yeah. that. I fell in love with a Jersey girl because Jersey still is the best girls around, and mm-hmm. I will I will stay that. Her name is Joanna. Joanne. Okay. Yeah. Joanne. Joanne. So, okay, and I'm Joya. A lot of people call me Joanne a lot. Good job with the name, by the way. Or I should just thank Will <laughs> for giving you the right pronunciation. Oh yeah, well I I, I was sitting there, I looked because it, it is it is a unique spelling. And then now now where how did that name come about? And is it a family name or how did could it, it absolutely is. It is. My mother's maiden name was uh DeJoya. So it's capital D I capital G I O A A. And uh yeah, she just decided, you know I named this one Joya, you know, give it up for her her dad and get a little bit of a because her father had three daughters. So um you know, we got to, the name gets to travel on. And plenty of people that I've met over the course of my life and the years, I love your name. They named their babies Joya. And it was just like so touching and, and so so kind, you know, like that, that people actually like it. Yeah, it's still not an overused, over, you know, like you still don't, people are like, huh, I've never heard of that name. And it's, it's always nice. People like, I was, I was in the hospital the other day with a friend and they're like, what's your name? Joya? And they go, no. Joya, and they're like, wow, that's so pretty. You know, and everybody always asks the story, too. Well, it is a pretty name, and the only thing is, you couldn't ever get a, a, a license plate on the boardwalk in New Jersey because they wouldn't have a Joya. You know, a couple of guys got me one. I don't know, like some guys that were working, that were big expose fans and landed up in jail, and whatever the thing that they did in jail was, <laughs> they made license plates. <laughs> I'm talking a long time ago. I remember... Somebody's sending me a Joya, Joya plate, but I don't really need a license plate with my name on it. I know. <laughs> like I, you know, in this business, you get enough attention, so you kind of like fly under the radar. And if somebody saw the Joya plate, they'd be like, oh, Joya! Right. Now, now, when did you... And then I... <laughs> That when did you start singing? When I mean, when did this whole career? Because you've sang, and and where did you always know you wanted to sing? Did you did someone notice you had a beautiful I voice when you're young, or what happened? I didn't always know I wanted to, but I always sang. Um, my sister and I sang a lot together, just growing up, listening to Carol King records. I was just, my my sister is three and a half years older than me, and my brothers are four and a half, five and a half. So they were listening to really cool music, and so they always kept me to the music vibe and um and so I grew up a real rocker and that's where I went out and, and I started singing in a rock band at about sixteen. Mom pulled me a fake ID and came along with you there? me whenever she could and you know, made sure everything was cool and so yeah, my very first band was at at sixteen and a half I believe and it was called Kickback. And we're getting ready to have a reunion which I'm very excited about. We just have to all get together because Everybody from that group kind of grew into their own lives. Some are playing music. Some are just, you know, all, all over the country. So we're hoping to do that up in the, uh, you know, the New York area this winter because I'll be home and it'll be great, you know. Just play all those old songs. But on top of that, I've been writing all my life and, uh, you know, just sort of messing around with music only. I was just trying new things and whatnot. Expose sort of popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, how did that happen? Out of Florida. I mean, could yeah, you, well, you, were, you were 16 and a half. Florida in a, in a big show. Um, I decided I had had enough of New York, and I, I, I think I just had gotten mugged, and I, I kind of whisked away from that and unharmed. And said, you know, I'm going to go look at the village voice and see if there's like something else, somewhere else. And um, so I did, and I went to an audition, and I got the job to come down to sing with this, you know, really incredible, 
incredible um, show band with, you know, multiple singers, piano player, section, the whole deal. And we were called the G-Wiz Band, and we played in a club called G-Wiz. And that's when, I guess somebody must have heard about me on the uh, Expose team, on the uh, Pantera production side. And um, and that's when they came, and they, you know, sort of spotted me and gave me their card. And said, we're going to make you a star. I think it was Frank Diaz. And uh, he's no longer with um, the company there. Well, the company is pretty much disbanded. But he's the guy who came in, and I was like, Go away. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you had to be a little skeptical. I don't skeptical. even know what dance music is. So, <laughs> so I know. And uh, I had an attitude, and I just didn't, you know. But I ultimately went to the audition, saying, let me be the one. And I thought, this is R&B music. This isn't, this isn't dance music. I could so do this. And then I met the girls, and it was weird, albeit, but they were really cool. And, uh, you know, and then all the drama started, because anytime you get into a that's put together, there's going to be ups and downs, and do I know you, can I trust you, what's going on, and so there was a lot of that, now after 30 years, we're sisters, we're married, we still go half of our ups and downs, but they're so, it's almost cool, I gotta say, it's a weird thing, but what's it, it's all good, you know, we're, it's, they're my sisters, you know, and, you know, you don't get along all every day, all the time. You don't have the same opinions. And we're three completely different women, but we do okay, you know. And uh, now that we have our name and we can make some more decisions and do more stuff, we, uh, we're looking towards the future. We, uh, we have a, a lot going on, so hopefully everything will work out for us. You know, we, three, 30 years is a long time to be together, original, you know, members. It's been great. It's been a great ride. And what? we're not done with it yet. Did you, I mean, when you joined that band, you know, when you look back, you know, very young age, and did you ever, like, I mean, what did you expect when you joined that band? Did you, I mean, I'm sure you didn't expect to be around 30 years later, but did, I mean, did oh, you, no. did you, what, what did you expect going into that band? Did you just say, hey, you know, I'm going to do this because it looks like a good opportunity. And were you surprised that you guys were just took off? We were always pleasantly surprised. We'd get a opportunity, a song would do well. We'd get a video, you know, watch it or on on you know MTV or hear it on the radio, and which is monumental. Um, did we expect it? We didn't know what to expect. It was our first time going around. So yeah, it was a lot of success in a small amount of time, and a lot of um, a lot of heartbreak and a lot of confusion and, and the business of music, which we were not really quite in tune with at that point. And, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs, but through it all, we always, you know, we came out together and we're still doing our thing. We're touring and, you know, writing music and singing music, looking towards the future of new music. And, um, you know, it's exciting for us. We always, funny <laughs> thing, we always have the best time when we get together, no matter what goes on in between there could be a little spat about this or that, but when we get back together, like on the road, which is pretty much all the time, it's like we just look at each other like, we're like, we need to talk this out or whatever. And uh, it's just, it's it's uh, an amazing relationship with these two women. Uh, you know, I don't know that I've ever had such a relationship <laughs> as this in my life. You know what I mean? I'm the single one. Well, it, it would make yeah. sense because, you know, you, I mean, you guys you had your ups and downs and, and, and you were a huge 
band, you know, and, and you're popular and it's you all grew together. I mean, that's something that, you know, you're hitting that age when you started when, you know, most of us are starting to get like I got out of college. I got a sales job. You know, you guys were stars. What what started singing? Yeah. What changed for you when you when you started getting the success? And, and you know, did you feel yourself changing? And was it hard to sit there and all of a sudden, you know, be a big name? No, that's a tricky question because on in a lot of on a lot of levels we all we all change. You know, every experience in your life leads you to something else and some you know revelation or how to do this or how to do that or how to handle this or that or what you've learned from it is like, damn, I'm never gonna do that again. Um, I think that though in the process we were kept so in the dark and uh, which leads a person to just continue to maintain a humbleness that I think that all three of us have have done um, versus, you know, hey, I'm all that, check me out. You know, it was more like, you know, we were over, I was raising a, a family. I have, I have I, at the time, a, a, a baby. I had a baby in 1988. Um, the girls now have five kids between themselves and uh, a little, little soccer team. I don't know how many people on the soccer team. I don't know, but they're, they're so cute. They're always playing sports and doing stuff, and we hear stories about the kids, and I am, um, but I started that a long time ago, so I was forced more to really stay under the radar, kind of be chill, um, I think, you know, Jeanette living out west and stuff maybe got a lot more attention because she was around, you know, I just kept it really, I just kept a small world around me, it was a very simple life, and uh, I'm used to that, you know, growing up in Jersey, you, you really can't be all about yourself. That, you will know, get knocked down. <laughs> I mean, unless you're from the Jersey Shore, and then, well, you know, it, I'm I went there, but I'm not from there. So now, really, those people aren't from there either. They're from what Staten Island or something? Oh, that TV show. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, they were they were one was from Staten Island, one was from Rhode Island, yeah. and, and I'm like, I still get that and all I'm, the time. Oh, so you watch the Jersey Shore? I never watched it. Saw a couple. of... Well, my I, thing. But but ultimately, it's really important to stay humble, and I think the three of us have, and uh, like I said, the girls are raising their kids and their families, and, you know, and uh, we make it all work. I call this, I call what we call ourselves the weekend warriors, because, you know, we can't just fully be on tour every single day of the year and maintain a, a family lifestyle and, and be there for our kids, so... Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, now, we'll see what happens. Though. We're doing a lot of work. Now, when you guys, when you, when you, what was it like for you when you guys got top ten hits? Like, was I mean, how did how did people tell you that? Like, does your manager say, "Hey, this song's doing great"? I mean, how did you? Gauge? Hey, we read billboards. You know, we kept up on things. We knew exactly what was going on. We were doing promotion. We would go to different countries and do different television shows. And yeah, we we were out there. You know, we really. We were very involved. Um, I think it would have meant more if it was if, if contractually we had a better deal. Uh, so we had the fame, maybe not the fortune kind of issue. And um, so it sometimes felt like you know we were that they were our, you know that the agencies and the companies and the, the companies were slave drivers. We were working nine shows a, a week on the road, city to city. I mean, it got really. You know, that's why I think I lost my voice in, in the beginning, in, in, in 91, was because it was just a grueling sort of life for us. But um, 
but I can't say that I was, you know, I wouldn't do it any differently. We learn again what we learn, you know. And now I'm singing again, and um, everything is good in that department. And we're all together, and the three of us, you know, now it's our company, and we're touring on our terms, and um, it's just been a big, an incredible experience of, of growth and uh, friendship and, you know, sisterhood, all of those things. It's been amazing. So whatever happened, whatever it was, we had to go through, we got through it, and uh, we're good. Now, where were some of your favorite places to play? And even to now, where are some places, like, you sit there, I mean, when you when people say, hey, here's here's a concert tour you can do, and where would be some of the places you would pick? I mean, what, what crowds are you... The good old U.S. Stevie. <laughs> I, love, I love this country, and I love performing all over this country. There's no particular place... I, I judge it on the audience that we're per, per, uh, performing for, and 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 I gotta say, nine times out of ten, maybe probably maybe ninety nine times out of a hundred, the audience brings the energy and the love and the commitment to the group, and it's life changing every single time. You know, when you get out there and you see eight thousand people who know the words better than you. <laughs> that would be me. I'm not going to say that for Anne and Jeanette. But uh, they know all the words, and, they, and they're there. And these, these aren't just like kids. These are people who grew up with us, people I recognize. We all recognize. We have so many wonderful friends that we've met through Facebook and, and the social media. And I connect, and we all connect with different people. But when we do a show, very, very often we'll have a big old party afterwards at either our hotel, usually the lobby of whatever hotel we're in, and People bring, like if we're in Philly, they bring Philly cheesesteaks, you know, if we're in California, it's like some awesome freaking, you know, I don't know, used tacos, I think was the last time, and oh, yeah. just the- a big party, and, you know, it, it, it's just, uh, it's like, I don't know, it's amazing, it's like just being in school or on a camping trip, you know? <laughs> it must be. I mean, yeah, I mean, it must be amazing. It must feel great too. That you're right. The people like when I told Joanne you were going on, she's like, "Oh my god, I love Expose." Like you guys are one of those oh. bands. No, she was like, and you know, she's Sweet. she's my age. I'm. I just turned fifty three. She's fifty. You know, and she's like, that, oh, that was the music. The same age, yeah. yeah, that's the music you would hear at the clubs. You know, that's the stuff mm-hmm. we grew up with, and that's what's cool. Like especially for her, she's like, "Oh my god, it's so cool." What I mean, it must be amazing for you when you do as you said when you sing and these people know all the words i mean does it i mean do you, how do you feel on stage when this happens when you just feel the admiration i am of course excited and happy you know that they're there and that they care you know there's nothing better than i mean imagine getting on stage and performing and nobody gives a darn you know what i mean it's like seriously <laughs> you want like I said, it feeds us, and we have to get out there, and no matter what happened that day or that week or that month or who lost someone in their lives or whatever, and we have to bring it 100%, and uh, so we have to match them, I mean, because they're there, and they're bringing it 100%. There's a lot of stuff they can be doing, especially like, pick. we play in Vegas all the time. I mean, how many shows are there in Vegas that we should be able to go there, play at the Orleans Arena, and it's packed? It's 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 just... It's life changing every every time we do a show, and, and we we're always so grateful. Thank you so much for coming out here and taking us, you know, to to hang out with on a Saturday night. So 
you know, it's just, it's monumental. And again, you have to keep yourself grounded because nobody likes a full of themselves biatch, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and after all these years, am I really going to think that coming out and saying, let me be the one who's going to make these, you know, it, it, I just want to do it for them. And so, and for me a little, it, it's fun to sing, you know, and for us, because it's great to be on stage with these two amazing women and uh, have them support me and vice versa all, always around, you know, it's, we're all singing leads, we're all backing each other up, we're all supporting each other when somebody's having a rough day and somebody gets sick or, you know, oh my God, can you hit that note for me? I mean, it's teamwork and uh, those are the lessons you learn when you get to experience life. Um, as a singer in a three-girl group or in any group, you know. But having three women there, three women on stage that get to support each other on a regular basis, it's uh, even when we have a shit day, we get up there and we put all that aside, you know, and um, and we perform and we come off stage better people every time. It is like, I used, I used to do stand-up comedy for years on the road and that's, you would always have to bring it. You'd have to perform. And I remember one guy... You could tell when he get in an argument with his wife because his whole act would be like woman bashing and the crowd would be like, what the hell? And you can't do that. You, you, can't, you have to keep it, as you said, the fans yeah. are there for you. So now, now you, you, are, you, were, you got sick after, when you were recording the third album? It was before the third album. They had to replace me on the third album. What? Because was... we kept trying to get me better, trying to get me better. And my voice wasn't coming back, so they finally uh, hired Kelly. I guess they had, I don't know how many, you know, people they they auditioned or what, but Kelly was a good fit for Anne and for Jeanette, and she's a lovely person. And she came in, and she, she, uh, she sang, I don't know that she had leads on the third, but I know that she sang all through it, you know, all the background vocals and everything else. I don't know if she came later or what the timing situation was. I was just miserable, hiding out in my room kind of situation. So... Um, I don't know how that all went down, but Anna Jeanette certainly would. Um, it was hard. Yeah, it was hard. It was what I wanted to do my whole life. And, you know, three years, four years of barely speaking and, and, uh, trying to, you know, I don't know, just re, re, you know, grow as a, as, as anything but a singer. So I, I, uh, opened a school for kids, uh, that pretty much brought the arts and, well, but it was drama. It was any instrument you wanted to learn. I'd find a teacher, um, vocal and dance to, um, you know, to my life. I brought a partner in. She was lovely. And, uh, you know, we taught kids shit. <laughs> That's what we did. <laughs> and it was fun, you know. Um, it was a lot of fun. And then after like four years of that and experiencing how momzillas are, <laughs> <laughs> Decided maybe I might just try my hand at some songwriting and some rock and roll again because I'm yeah, but it sound raspy. Then let me sing the genre that I started singing in. So I started there, and then uh, you know it's time you know exercising my voice and and songwriting with a number of different writers. I uh, I just continued, you know, it just came back. What you know, I, I have I have Lyme disease, all right, and I got so sick in 2009 with. Lyme disease that went undiagnosed for a year. I could barely walk. I think it was about 85 pounds. My hands looked like I was 95 years old, and my face would sort of move. Like, you could look at my face, and you would see these lumps moving across. It was the weirdest, most whacked-out version of Lyme disease I have ever seen. 
or experienced. And I know a lot of people have it, but man, I had some strain that was scary to look at. And uh, even my best friend, Rain, she's like looking at me like, honey, there's something wrong with your face. And I'm like, what? Stop staring at me like that. It was horrible. How was it misdiagnosed? So I um I ended up finding a doctor from Jersey and for uh, a million times. I went I think I went to the ER like sixteen times in two thousand and nine, eight to eight to nine, and they never tested me for Lyme. I, I kept saying that they're like, "Well, did you see a target rash?" I said, "No, I never saw that, but it could have been on my butt. I don't see my butt. <laughs> I don't, you know, it could have been in my hair, on my head. I just never saw it. They checked that box off and they knocked it out of the you know, and it was no longer an option." But my, my whole point is, like, I, I thought it was finally um, diagnosed, and I went on a, it was almost kind of like a, like chemo. You know, I had the, the pig blocking and the receptin antibiotics for four months straight. It made me sick as hell, and uh, I didn't think I'd ever be the same. But after about a year, a year after the, the treatment, I'm feeling pretty darn good. <laughs> and I don't believe, I think I'm probably... One of the first people um, I've ever heard of who who got over it. I don't believe I have it anymore. I have no side effects of anything. I, you know, I'm just okay. Um, and I just, I, I believe that if you, you know, mind over matter, you have to just take control of your life. And I did with that, and thank God they diagnosed it, and I'm moving forward. And, you know, I'm going to continue with this group and doing what we do best and but continue to keep my options open and write and sing other music and, you know, be a human being, you know. So, so <laughs> Can't just keep on, you know. When, when, and when, and when, when you originally got diagnosed with the, the, your voice was leaving, how do you, how did you face that? Like, I mean, it's, as you say, you wanted to do all your life. I cried. I mean, I mean, was it, was it, did you go into a really big depression? Because you're young, you guys are popular and now you're going, oh my God, I can't do this. I mean, how, how did you overcome that? I mean, just, I mean, what, was there a certain, a certain effect that something I had happened? a little girl, I had Brianna and, um, and I was a mother and I'm a mother first. And so I did what I had to do. You know, I, that's why I, I, I got involved in a new business. I took care of my daughter, and I prayed a lot, and I tried to live as healthy as I could and do what the doctors told me and fought mounds of specialists and you know, vocal therapy and breathing therapy and food therapy and everything, just like I did when I got Lyme. I, I looked for every single option that could help me. And um, I'm both in both situations, I... I came out on top, you know. I don't know that I have the same voice that I had before or the, the range, but it's taught me how to really work with the range I have. And, um, you know, so whatever. You, you learn from every bad experience, you know. Right. Sorry, the, but I may run in the other. Now, you, you recently recorded a Christmas album, right? Uh, no, I did that last year, and I just... Uh, we just found the mother load, so we're putting it back up on, on online for sale. I just um, put out another record uh, last weekend. <laughs> last weekend. You know, I love doing records for my Facebook fans and for Exposé fans and uh, just on my own label, just my short run of, you know, hey, there's only 300, 400 of these or 3,000, 5,000 of those. Or, you know, some are really super limited, and it's just for fun. 
and uh, I do that with Will, who you've been talking to, and he's kind of, he's like my energy, that boy, I tell you what, he's one of the most amazing people I've ever met. He's always like, I got a door, I got an idea, let's do this, I got that, like, you got, I just found all these songs you recorded, when did you record these, when did you write these, like, so it's really cool stuff, it's like, oh my god, if James Taylor would call me with ideas, like, if James Taylor put out a songwriter record that nobody ever heard anything, I would go ballistic, ballistic, so I always try to think, like, okay, let's just imagine we're bigger than we really are, I think, okay, on a smaller level, Maybe 20 people want to write a record. No, I'm kidding. No, I do it with all the excitement and love and energy as I can. And every time I'm like, I can't believe we sold out of that. Like, people really want to hear what I got. So that's that's, that's kind. The people are great, man. People are great. What, <laughs> They're just awesome. What you made know? you... What made you decide to do a Christmas album because I love Christmas music I'm one of those people you know I, I have to watch Charlie Brown I used to go Will, to, Will I, made me <laughs> this was a Will a Will project okay and just because because I mean I mean and then now did you pick the songs what was the whole process because I'm a big Christmas music fan mm, well you know I, I I did an Italian song for my mother um, I sat with Sue my songwriter uh, friend darling friend of mine um, and we just played around with a few songs and tried to decide what would work for me. Uh, you know, we just kind of went back and forth with a few things. I was trying to, I want to get back home so I can work on a Christmas record now, but I ended up coming down to Florida in sort of an emergency, so it knocked two weeks off my schedule that I'll never get back, but it's all good. Um, so I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out if I can get it all done and, and actually go through and have everything um, manufactured so that people could get it for Christmas. I think that's kind of the reason why not knowing, we uh, we decided to go back and put out last year's Christmas record because it was one of those late situations where a lot of people didn't get them or couldn't get them in time for Christmas. So hoping that they can then. <coughs> Excuse me. And we put together this new CD because I am going to do my very first Comic-Con. Um, Rhode Island Comic-Con, it's in May. And um, I'm also going to show up at Comic-Con November, November weekend, I think it's uh, the 11th or 12th or something like that. There's another Comic-Con. I think it's in Boston or whatever, but I'll get you the information. Um, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to hang out with the Glow Girls of Wrestling because we're doing a cruise together in February. So I'm just going to go there, hang out, make a lot of noise, and have some records and some photos for people and take some pictures and meet some fans that I might not have met before or that I might have met before and get to know the girls before they throw me on this ship and kick the crap out of me. So you're going to be, you're going to be actually, you're going to be wrestling. No, they're going to be wrestling, but from what I'm hearing, they're going to throw me in the ring and I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I can't even throw a good right left foot. I mean, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pansy-ass fighter, man. I'm a lover knight, not a fighter. How, no, no, how did you get involved with Glow? This is fascinating. I mean, that's something, you know, at least... That... This is a little thing, too. This is where we got it. And the, um, I think there's a, 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 a Diana Prince. I think he did it through Diana Prince. I don't know how she's connected, and I should know more, and I'm so sorry I don't. But through Facebook, social media, you know, he hears about things, and he's like, you know, Glow Girls, 80s, Joya... Whatever, <laughs> let's put it together, and um, and so we did, and it's very exciting. Very, I'm looking forward to it. The only thing I'm stressing about little Clementine behind my little dog for a full nine, 11, ten, or eleven, whatever days. 
the idea that she's going to just go into a massive depression is upsetting me. But other than that, I'm sure there'll be plenty of margaritas and I'll get over it and she'll sleep through the whole thing. That's all I can hope for. What uh, what kind of dog is it? She's a Jack Russell terrorist. Okay. <laughs> now, now, do you take her? Do you take her on the road with you? She comes everywhere with me. Um, sometimes, if it's a quick like flight to, to California or somewhere that takes a long time to get to, I, I don't put her through that. I leave her with family members and friends. But you know, she's with me now. I'm down in Florida, and whenever I drive to a show, I take her. And if I'm going to go out and stay somewhere for a while, of course, I take her with me. But when it's just like, okay, we got I got a show. On Friday or on Saturday, I'm going to fly out Friday night, and I'm not going to put her through all that flying and all that stuff. I'm just proud of her because she just be comfortable at home. Now, as you've grown older and been in the business longer, how has your writing style changed? If you, does it reflect on maturity? I mean, where do you find your ideas when you write? And then how did you find your writing partner? I have a bunch of writing partners. Um you know, you find who you connect with. I mean, I've had part, yeah, I think that there's, there's not even one writing partner that I've ever worked with that I didn't connect with. That's weird. That's good, right? That's very good. You um, want to connect. Yeah, as long as you're honest um, and you write the truth from the heart, it's always either a story of my own, something I've seen, something someone who is close to me has gone through. Um, Sometimes it's a theme, like Sue and I wrote a song called Full Body Baby, and it's about wine. We had to write a song about wine. It's the most amazing song. I freaking love this song. It's so great. It's like, it's like not in the songwriter stage. I don't know that we completely finished it yet, but it's a finished song. You know what I mean? If you heard it, you'd be like, that is so cool. And the funny thing is, we're writing about wine, and somehow, and I'm a hetero chick, okay? Somehow, it ended up, I mean... It almost describes a woman, you know, and which is really kind of sexy and cool, but it has this sort of a reggae vibe going on. I'm like, let's do a little reggae beat in there, yeah. And I'm like looking up everything I need to know about wine and then just kind of getting my little beats because I kind of write like a drummer and um, get my grooves going on. And and together we came up with this like incredible song that I'm still holding on to. Like, I know that this could be a huge Huge song for, for just any winemaker on the planet because I can always change the names of certain things. But on top of that, it's just such a cool, vibey song. I'd love to introduce it to the LGBT um, community because it's just a sexy song about women. You know, you're a full body baby, you know. You've got the to be going crazy. It's totally hot. Sometimes I just, you know, I don't know. Why is it maybe because I'm in the community so much? My... Probably, again, 99 out of 100 of my friends, and I have a, a wonderful, loads of wonderful people in my life. Most of them are, are under that umbrella, you know? They're, they're one of many letters, and uh, they freaking, they're the best people in the world. So, so sometimes I write from that point of view, um, you know, it's just, it's wherever I land, you know? When when did you guys or when did you know that you had a big LGBTQ following and and was it always around and you know I I, I talked to like Jade Starling was on the show and she has a very big following in that community and they're very loyal fans when did you find you had that 
big following and how have you uh, communicated with them and, and been involved with the, the whole situation? Well, that's all about social media too. But um, ultimately, when I came back in 2001 with some of my own dance music, I just started playing in gay bars. So Expose has a gay following, but so does Joya. You know, I mean, I've been, and I was out last night singing in the parking lot of Wicked Manners, you know, and uh, got the mic, jumped on stage just for fun. Um, it's Wicked, Wilton Manners is, a, is a, a town here in South Florida that is just about practically 100% gay, you know, gay, lesbian, transgender, everybody. And I bought a house right here because it's, I consider it home. And, um, so I just went out, hang out with some friends from New York and from Florida, and uh, yeah, 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 it's just the most accepting, most most loving, and incredible uh, community to be around. I mean, holy crap, my life would be nothing without without it. I mean, I would be, I don't even know if I'd be around, I don't, I don't know, because I'm just so happy and spiritually lifted every day by these wonderful, wonderful friends and incredibly artistic people and uh, creative and loving hearts. You know, it's just a great world for me. I got to be born at a time where people are more accepting and uh, where I could surround myself with those people. And, and uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't always, it wasn't always like this. You, you, you yeah, know, that, that, so far from it. You're right. Cause I, I, I was talking to someone about this the other day, you know, I went to college in New Jersey, a small school and I had a friend who back then, I mean, in, and this was in 19, the mid 80s, I graduated in 86. Being gay wasn't accepted back then. I mean, it was, and it's weird because it's so, like now it's great because once the marriage passed, I see so many guys I went to high school with who, who or college that are getting married. And it's just, it's a community that, you know, if you're in your 50s or in this, in our, in our age group, you know, they had to hide. They had to hide it back then. And, and when you think about it, it really sucks. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You asked me a question, and ultimately, back in 1985, 89, whatever, even 91, we didn't realize we had this huge gay following. It wasn't until we came back out and everybody finally came out of the damn closet that I was like, I it. You know, like, <laughs> And I was like, yeah, yeah, because there's just nothing that makes me happier is, uh, nothing makes me happier than finding out that one of my friends is comfortable enough to just be who they are and stand up for who they are and what they believe in and just to be, and the, 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 let me tell you something. I mean, I know that there are still states and people and, and the negativities out there. I mean, it is on every level, but. Every single day, more people understand. You know, I just watched Ellen waiting for your call, and I'm like, God, I love that woman. And I remember seeing her do stand up, uh, freaking 1981, maybe. I don't know, no, 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 wait. Yeah, probably back. Yeah, she's been around. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, and then even after that, and and just the the transformation of Ellen and what she's brought, you know, to to us as individuals and, and how she can joke and feel comfortable after everything that she's been through. My God, she was so shunned and kicked and she's just like this 
freaking survivor and it just comes back every single time and now she owns it, you know? That's the way it's supposed to be. It's the way it's supposed to be for every single person who who goes through, you know, yeah, who who is who is gay, lesbian, transgender. I know there's a lot of new numbers. There's a lot of new letters. What is that? I think Q is for questioning. I, I don't know. I, it's just, there's always a new letter. Who cares? <laughs> just freaking question it. Just be it. Just experience it, and you make your choices for yourself, and you don't let somebody else make those choices for you. And that's that's what I just love about living in you know this 2016 year. It's a great thing. It is a great time. Um, now, so you were you were on your solo career. You had a solo career, and you still have one. When when did you decide to go back to expose? And did you have to sit there? I mean, was your voice was back and full? How did that happen? I mean, because you know, it must be it must have been a weird phase for you. Well, the girls came and they said, either you do it or we're going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's what happened. And, and so I went, I want to live. Okay. I'm alive and I'm singing with the girls. Is that a good enough answer for that? Yeah, I just, I just, I just think it's, it's a big thing, though. It's, it's yes, a, I'm joking. Uh, you know what? I, I, want to know the, I want to know the dirt, Joe. I damn you. I, you're a Jersey girl. I, I want to hear a Jersey girl. There's some dirt there, but that's for another time. Ultimately, it was um, the stars aligned and everybody was in a situation before... Before any amount of years before that, I was busy working on my own thing, and I really wasn't interested in getting back together. But at the same time, they were having babies, and they weren't really interested in doing anything either. So, at a certain point around 2006, <clears throat> we all said, "I got time to going out there and singing my stuff, and maybe a couple of songs here and there." And I remember being in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, saying, "I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not coming back here until I'm with my, I'm with the girls." You know, I'm not doing this again until I'm with the girls. And I don't even think they know that, but I did. It's on tape somewhere. And uh, and strangely enough, a few months later, Jeanette called. And she's like, what do you think about getting the group back together? <laughs> really? I don't know what I think. Uh, what do they think? She goes, oh, yeah, she's down with it. So now I haven't seen these girls in years, at least, I don't know, a lot of years. And, um... And the first time we met and we got back together was for a photo shoot. <laughs> and um, it was in New York. I hadn't seen them at all. And there's like a lot of red tape and up bumps and craziness that went on. But this is actually at the time where I I had um, contracted lines of these, but I didn't know it. So I was looking very skinny and very frail and scrawny and not really like myself and but I was excited, and I got everything I could together. Got the stylist, this nuts. I think Anne has a photographer. Jeanette flew in. We, you know, we did what we do. It was just like second nature, and um, and we did the um, the photo shoot and made sure to touch me up as much as possible because <laughs> I looked like hell, and uh, and started right there. And so started coming in and. You know, and we had some ups and downs getting resituated as, as friends again, as sisters again. And and in a very short time, it was like we were right back on the same page, only a better page, you know. We had to fight for our name, which we won in court, in federal court. And, uh, you know, and that brings you together, <clears throat> you know, and whatever was going on in our personal lives, which there was very much going on. And, 
this would be a much longer interview and it's too long. Maybe part two, <laughs> we could talk about that. But, uh, yeah, you know, we just brought it back together and uh, we've been together since. It's like about 10 years we're back on the road together. What was it like? Like, what, what, do you remember a date? When you got back together, when you just knew it clicked again, like, I mean, you know, you said, because you, you said at the beginning, you know, when you get back together, it's like anything, you've all changed, you've all grown, you were sick, this and that. Was there any certain date when you just sat there and you were, uh, guys were on stage and you went, holy crap, man, you know, we are, we did not lose I don't know if it was when we were on stage. I think, I think it was when we were rehearsing and Anne was breastfeeding Emily while <laughs> we're, <laughs> We were sitting at my friend Sue's house in her living room, and everything moved around because we wanted to be in the most comfortable place for the baby. That's when I just looked at them, and I'm like, holy crap. I mean, everything turned around. I got chills right now. I was just thinking about it. Everything flipped so much because back in, in 88, it was me breastfeeding and us dancing and learning stuff and me with my kid on the road, and here's Anne, you know. Step one, step two. Hold on. Okay, okay. See, Emily. Okay, step three, step four. Sometimes holding her while she was doing the steps, and it was just—it was like, wow, man, this is so cool. I mean, I, that's when I knew that they were committed, and uh, well, we, that we all were committed, and uh, or, or should have been committed. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, and every day since then, you know, watching Emily grow up, she was just a little bitty thing, you know. And just seeing all these kids grow up, and every time I go out to California or, or Nevada, Jeanette's kids are there, and you know we're on the east side, and Anne's kids are there, and you know my kid needs to come around a little bit more. I haven't seen her much lately, but yeah, we'll have to talk about that. I have to talk to her about that. You need to talk to her now. She's now I, an adult now. I need to talk to her now. <laughs> right now, 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 here's a question for you. Now, when when you guys got back together, did you? think there would be a demand for you like because you know if you you know the original line was back together was were you a little bit nervous that you guys might not get booked or the, the crowd might have no changed I, their I music? wasn't i wasn't because i had been out doing it i was out working with some of the same promoters many of the same promoters that we're working today so i was like okay uh next time i come i'm bringing them with me and let's work this out so and then all three of us of course you know got involved in the business of touring and you know I brought everyone I knew to the table and, and they did the same brought everyone they knew and we worked on our show and you know it's 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 you know it was a new business really it was a brand new business so we had to get the ball rolling and prepare for stuff and you know figure out who fits the best where and great with like paperwork and numbers and she's great with um contracts and stuff like that, her and her husband, and then Jeanette is amazing because a lot of her bands have come out of uh, Vegas where she lives, and so she gets them in the studio and this and that, and I was more about, you know, keeping in touch with the fans with the social media and working with, you know, the web designer, our web designer, Rich Swayden, and, and Will, who gets very involved, he runs our merch, and, um, you know, just bringing people together, you know, networking, and which I do a lot of, so, so like, the three of us got to you know, we kind of found what we're the best at, and that's what we do together. We don't have a manager. We self-manage. We have an agent, um, and then a lot of agents come through that agent. So, yeah, it's it's been interesting, but it sort of uh, fell into place, you know, year after year. Yeah. And now we've made some changes, and we'll see how 
things go in the next couple of years. Now, have have your performing, have you grown as a performer throughout the years? Have you matured? And also with your writing, because I know when you're doing... I'm never going to be mature, Steve. What are you talking about? I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I'm a crazy bitch. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, have I matured? <laughs> I, don't know. I hope so. I'm freaking old. Um, I've definitely matured in a lot of ways um, <laughs> that I don't want to think about. Um... But I think, you know, as together as a group, we have definitely matured and come into our own. And, um, you know, we do what looks and feels and sounds best for all three of us versus, you know, okay, well, you do that. That looks great on you, but it doesn't look good on me. <laughs> so, okay, okay, let's change it. So, you know, it's all about keeping an open mind and doing what's, what's right for all three of us. So, yeah, we've matured in that way, that's for sure. And uh, as vocalists, absolutely, you know, we're, we're still continuing to sing and to dance and to come up with ideas and this and that. And we've, you know, with all these years, you know, what doesn't work for you. So you avoid those situations and you work on the things that do work for you. Now, how has your writing style changed and has it? I still write from my heart. Um, I hope to... I hope that I come up with, you know, more interesting melodies and this and that. I'm actually writing a few songs with Louis Martinet right now, which I plan on finishing when I get home and then recording in December. Um, you know, I mean, I write, a, I, I write a lot. I'm a journaler, so a lot of my ideas come from that. And uh, as I grow up and as I, as I change and as I see the world for what it is and all the stuff that goes on in it, it affects me, so... I'd like to think that, yeah, it affects my writing as well. Now, now, do you, you said you write, you, you're a journaler and some of your songs come from that. Do you ever just sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write a song or is it something where it just pops in your head and you, you run with it from there? Oh, hell yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I could just sit right down and go, you know, holy crap, this fucked up thing happened. Oh, sorry. I'm the potty mouth. It's all right. It's fine. Don't worry. This screwed up thing happened and, uh, I, I, Sue, come on over, um, and she'll play a little melody or a chord or this or that, and I'm like, okay, and in a matter of 10 or 15 minutes, it channels into some of the greatest things I've ever written. Um, if it comes from that, if it comes from a deep, deep, sometimes dark, sometimes happy place, that's the best stuff that comes out of me. So, yeah, no. you know, and some... Now, Crazy you, crap has happened in my life lately, so I should have some good songs coming. <laughs> now, now, if, do you ever start writing a song and then you think it's going to be great and then you get halfway through and you go, I don't like this. And then what do you do? Do you try to save it or what happens there? I mean, there are songs that I've written that I'm not as crazy about. And even to this day, I'm like, I hate that song. <laughs> but a hundred people will be like, that's the best song. It's my favorite song. I'm like, you know what? Whatever. <laughs> You just never know what's going to please you. It's like a buyer for a big company, right? You go out, you, get, you go out, and you buy up clothes, and you fill up a store with everything to make everybody happy. You don't want to wear half the crap that you put into that store. You don't want to have to listen to half the music that that's out there. But you have to remember that you can touch one person, and you've touched enough people. And I'm not going to call anything crap if somebody out there is saying that it it touched them in a way, or in any way. So it, it's really, it's kind of a tough thing, you know. I don't base my songs on how they get on the charts because I don't release them that way. I don't. I just, they're for the fans. I don't care about Billboard. I don't care about record labels. I don't care about any of that crap. 
I just write because I love to write, and I record and I release so that the people who, who support me have the option to buy or not to buy or hear and not to hear. You know what I mean? If they want it, they can have it. It's there. But it's not something that's got to be, you know, it's just not my thing anymore. I did that already. I, I really like a close-knit sort of social world, you know. Now, People who've been following us for years, they deserve new stuff. What Now, Now, what are some of the, the good letters you get from fans? Like, what are, are some things that you've touched? Is there any certain examples that you've, you've, someone sent a letter that you just went, wow, this makes it all worth it? Yeah, all the time. I mean, I still actually get written, handwritten letters. It's, it's amazing. <clears throat> um, you know, people who've been through hard times and the music picked pick them back up again or people who are going through something tough and, and I could communicate with them, talk to them on the phone. And, and You know, a friend who's, whose parent had died and was just going through the toughest time. And, you know, my web my web guy, um, Rich, he... Um, He's like, oh man, you need to talk to this guy. He's really a mess. You know, we'd set up a call. I mean, it's a different kind of world now, you know. All you have to do is, and pretty much everybody has my phone number. So if I don't get it off of Facebook, they text me. <laughs> <laughs> got like fifty thousand contacts on my cell on my phone. <laughs> that's that's a lot of contacts. And there are times when people don't want to talk to me, or they call me names, and I get a lot of hateful stuff too. And a lot of the times I don't know what I did and I don't even know how to react. I mean, they're few and far between, but they do happen and it breaks my heart. I got some Facebook mail. I can't even say the things that have been said, but I have no idea who this person is. That what did I? What could I have possibly done? They're just mean. But it that, does go both ways, you know. Yeah. So uh, you 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 played in Philly a little while ago, didn't you? Right. The uh, Wells Fargo Arena. How was that? Because my girlfriend was actually in town that week, and I talked to Jimmy Starr, and he said, "Because he said, Jim, Jimmy Jim, yeah, he said he was gonna. He goes, I'm gonna go to the concert. I said, well, get her on my show, and he did. Um, what's it? Did you do you like playing Philly? Of course I did. I hold on, I'm taking a, I of course I did. I am. Um, I'm sorry, because we're supposed to go to dinner tonight, and that's when I come down to Florida, and everybody's like, yay, let's do stuff. So that's what those dings are. Um, oh yeah, no, Jimmy stars up the bomb. Jimmy and uh, and his very handsome, wonderful husband. I, I just uh, we always hang out. We do breakfast, I think, after the show. And um, you know, he I met Jimmy. He was kind of a fan, and he had this awesome store with this crazy stuff. And he used to just give me mounds and mounds of clothes. I like Jim. You're never going to be able to make any money if you keep giving me all these clothes. <laughs> You know, he's, you know, he's moving out to California, too, so yep. you guys got to stay in Palm time. Springs. Yeah, he's moved to Palm Springs. Is so, he there already? No, I, I I think he's moving in December. I'm not sure. I, I, have, to, I have to tweet at him. Um, we, we have to wrap up soon. Tell, tell, give everyone your social media and, you know, so and people get in touch with you and tell what's coming up, what events are coming up. Well, uh, the girls and I are going to be back on the road. Um, we have a little break, but we're going to be doing it incredible. We're doing Anaheim on December 2nd. Just look at our Facebook page. And then we're doing this incredible, uh, it's called the Riptide Festival. And we're performing with, oh my God, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I mean, Earth, Wind, and Fire? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, I can't even believe that we're going to be on the same stage. That that once we're going to walk off that stage and that they're going to walk on to it. And that I might just be able to meet 
this band, and uh, yeah, they've changed my life. I mean, that's one of the fav- my favorite bands of all time. <clears throat> Other than that, um, I, I'm really excited to release a new record. You can get on Facebook or on my website, and you can order it there. It's joyabruno.com. Just go to the store. I'm wearing a red shirt, and you can kind of see my nipples, but if you really, you know, if it, you, you don't have to look. It, it's a little, I just found out today that you can see my nipples through this shirt, and I'm like, it's too late. It's too late to change anything. Whatever. But but don't don't hold it against me. I mean, I got cute boobs. It's okay. I mean, nothing crazy. Um, other than that, what else? Okay, possibly another new record um, with some um, some Christmas songs on it, if I can get it done in time. And other than that, I'll be recording with um, with Lewis. And <laughs> the girls and I are working on a new song called Could Have Been. So we're just getting some new mixes back of that. And we'll be releasing... Um, let me be the one again with a bunch of new mixes. I did a re-recording on that just recently, and so there's a lot of new stuff. You can go to our website now. Expose is exposeonline.net, and mine is joyabruno.com. And of course, we have Facebook pages and and what's you your know, Twitter? Instagram. Sorry. What's your Twitter? Because you tweet a lot. Oh, my Twitter is um. What's my Twitter? Is it just Joya Bruno? I think. Okay. Oh, I think it's Joya Bruno EXP for expose. Somebody stole my name. Somebody stole my music. Somebody stole my name. I'm trying to get it all back, but it just doesn't happen overnight. People are idiots. Well, anyway, you know what? I want to. <laughs> people are good. They, they just take things. At, and people, someone tried to tell my website's coopertalk.net. Someone doesn't even use and they're trying to sell to me like for $5,000. I'm like, you. you, you coopertalk.com you don't use it just let me buy it you know what I mean people are mean I like know it's like you, you know, that's what they did in the beginning.com era you know they bought everything but um hey you know what we still prevail we're out there and you just reroute everybody and they and always find me exactly you know I'm pretty easy to find yeah <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on this is very pleasurable and I love talking to people from New Jersey because that's Yay! That's my state. We love so, we so people, Jersey. thank you so much. No problem. People, go follow her on Twitter, on Facebook. Follow Expose. You know she might, you might, she might become an all star wrestler in the next year. You don't know. So follow her, people. <laughs> follow me. I'm at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk on Twitter. My website, CooperTalk.net. I have 560 episodes up. I'm putting a bunch this week because I have a lot of guests coming through this week. Um, you can email me, Cooper at CooperTalk.net. Instagram, Words with Friend is Cooper Talk One because I guess someone has regular Cooper Talk. And I will play you on Words with Friends. You may beat me, but I have one thing. If any of you request to play me with Words with Friends, you can't use that meter that shows you if the word's strong or not. Because to me, that is cheating. And you can't cheat to play me. And Instagram one, I, I, and Cooper Talk One on Instagram, I have a lot of uh, pictures of recipes. As you know, my other website, stopthesalt.com. You know, when I went through that health problem a few years ago, I got out of the hospital, I wrote myself a cookbook. It's 120 recipes, easy cooking recipes. Recipes for one, no pictures to intimidate you, no long list of ingredients. If you don't have cumin, you don't need cumin. I eat cumin, but you don't, you don't, you don't need it. So you can go to stopthesalt.com. You can buy it at Barnes & Noble. Dot com or Amazon.com. But if you go to StopTheSalt.com, I make more money and I'll sign it for you. But no one's going to that website. They're all buying it from Amazon.com because I think they get free shipping. So please do that. And please follow me on uh, uh, at Cooper Talk. Follow Joya. Uh, listen to Expose. Listen to her solo stuff. Be involved. Get out and see live music because you know what? It makes you smile. 
So I'm Steve Cooper. My only tip is my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I will talk to you guys next week.